What's going on, you guys? Welcome to the first ever Sailor Special for the Tentacle Bot Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm Gabe. And today we're actually going to be doing a little bit of a uh, fun little thing. It was the Devil Wars Prada Z2 Undead live stream that had just been done on May 15th of 2021. Um, and really quick, I'll just do a quick breakdown of the set list. Uh, the Devil Wars Prada did this live stream to kind of promote the Z2 EP that they've got coming out on the 21st. Uh, the set list we're looking at is Dead Throne, Born to Lose, Worldwide, Chemical, To the Key of Evergreen, Nightfall, Forlorn, Termination, Nora, and Contagion. With those last five being the uh, the five new songs that will be coming up on their uh, Z2 album. Uh, Matt, as the person who watched it first here, how did you feel about it? Mike's back. His lows are just disgusting, and I loved it so much. I'm really glad to see Mike kind of returning to form, as we kind of saw with the with Roots Above and Branches Below, as well as the original Zombie EP. Yeah, the, the first five songs, I, w- I was sitting there thinking, uh, you know, he's not really, he's not fully there yet, but he, mm-hmm. he has, like, I can tell that he's working on it, but at the same time, um, it just it wasn't fully there, and then they started actually kicking it in with Z two, and it just was a night and day difference on the same stream. So I don't know if he was just holding back for those first five songs, but he just cut loose, yeah, and just demolished those last five, and it, it was very heartwarming to hear that again. Yep, and I, I think one of the things that's nice, and I very much prefer Mike live over the recordings, even with the newer stuff, is because you can actually hear him kind of play around with his voice, as opposed to just sticking with a higher scream, is he'll go and he'll kind of put a little bit more of the eh kind of pronunciation mm-hmm. to it, and you can hear him fluctuating in just kind of how he pronounces words and just... Yeah. I was yeah, so it, it happy. Was super good. So um, just right off the bat, first five songs, um, do you have any uh, things in particular to, to note for those? Really, the um, I think To the Key of Evergreen was one of the big ones. Um, Born to Lose is my second favorite song, and you could definitely hear Mike was starting to kind of open it up. Um, to the Key of Evergreen, I think, was really where he started kind of opening it up in anticipation of the Z2 stuff. The, the one word that he really he i don't know what he did but he just sounded absolutely disgusting Mm -hmm. was um i listened to the whisper but it was the whisper it was kind of it was like this nasally just yeah almost like the the cult screams or like uh like a uh cradle of filth kind of stuff exactly yeah it it was super cool um yeah i kind of had the same thing it for me watching it as a person who's been a casual fan of the devil wars product it was really more of just being able to kind of see them and how they flow together as a band. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've unfortunately never had the the pleasure of seeing them live yet, which we will change once once things start happening again. Yep. <laughs> oh, for sure. It was cool to see how they interact as musicians with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, their drummer was just so tight. And it, it, that, that was probably the most enjoyable part for me was just actually watching him and kind of just how he maneuvered himself behind the yeah. kit. Um, obviously, everything else really came together. It was kind of uh, interesting to see Mike throw on a guitar. Oh, yeah. Um, but the the overall like the instrumentals really just kind of were what captivated me the entire time mm-hmm. for those first five songs and it, it was very bass heavy is typically mm-hmm. the bass is kind of hidden in the mix and i don't know if it's just and this is actually their um their new bassist 
um, the Z2 EP is actually going to be the first release now with this new basis is, and I don't know if it's just the tone that he's got that's allowing him to kind of take the lead or at least be more prominent or the tuning. I, I'm not sure what exactly it is, but the bass was just thick. Yeah, it, it was one. super well done. Like just the overall production quality of the stream itself mm -hmm. was really well done. Um, moving in then to the uh, the next five, so the actual Z2. So this is the first time that we actually got to hear three of the songs. So we, we've yep. had um, uh, Termination and Nightfall both uh, release the singles for this uh, upcoming EP. Um, so this is the first time that we heard Forlorn. It was the first time we heard Nora and the first time we heard Contagion. Matt, how are you feeling about those? I'm really stoked. Uh, it, it really, one of the things and um, just kind of off recording is Gabe and I have kind of talked about just a little bit. Um, there's a little bit of because of what the Devil Wears Prada has sort of become, at least in in their style, is they've kind of come into the kind of yelling into the full screaming that Mike's been doing the last few years. Is we were a little bit worried that it was going to be turn be, feel a little bit too much like it was off of like re recent records like the Act or even Transit Blues, mm -hmm. um, but this it actually proved that they are really going to continue to try and be a heavy, heavy band again. And this is going to be, and uh, based on what the Devil Wars Prada has said, is this is going to be their heaviest material to date. Yeah, going into this, I my biggest concern was, are they just really riding the coattails of the success of Z1? Mm -hmm. um, that was obviously just such a phenomenal record. It came kind of just out of left field for everybody, and I feel like that's what made it so well done. That, between that and the fact that it came really at the height of... Uh, zombie culture uh, for yeah. lack of a better term where just people were hyped about it movies games um just the constant discussions about uh, a zombie apocalypse uh and especially in those because uh, it came out in 2010 2010 yeah okay yeah so it came out in 2010 which is a few years before 2012 we kind of everybody was just speculating on what was going to happen mm -hmm. obviously none of that came true but it was just kind of one of those things where they released it at a really strong point in time and i was concerned that a it wouldn't have that same effect as a result of the time that they released it mm -hmm. and b um that it just would be just trying to it, it was going to be just survivor part two or uh outnumbered part two and right it just has been continuations and for a later time, I'll discuss this, but uh, I just want to say that I usually hate part twos of songs. So that, yeah, <laughs> I, I can understand that. That's just a personal thing. I'll get into that in a later podcast. <laughs> but um, this felt uniquely its own. I feel like I could listen to this record without having heard the uh, heard the first zombie EP mm -hmm. and really not miss a beat. Obviously, lyrically, there's going to be some stuff that kind of comes into play, whereas uh, Z1 is more playing into the actual like the start of the apocalypse and just kind of the terror and fear whereas this one's going to be more immersed in that um lyrically speaking i feel like i can still listen to them on their own without mm -hmm. detracting from one another but i feel like cohesively they're going to go really well together and uh come uh not this upcoming friday but the next friday on yep. our next release uh we'll be discussing that a little bit more in depth for sure 
And yeah, no, and with the, um, during actually one of the interviews, I wish I could tell you what side it was through, but the, the bandage said that the, and you pretty much hit it just about right on the head is Z2 really is going to be looking at the kind of in the middle of the apocalypse and kind of this, this, uh, aspect of hopelessness and like, when are we going to be able to kind of fight the, fight the horde? And Mm -hmm. it's like, they, they really are outnumbered. Um, and one of the things I will say is at least listening to this is Nora almost feels like in a way a somewhat spiritual successor to Survivor, mm-hmm. um, especially because if you listen to the lyrics is um, and, and I can't remember the exact verbiage, but it talks about from the perspective of somebody who's living on a farm whose wife died two years ago, mm-hmm. um, at least, you know, in the narrative is Nora almost feels like a spiritual successor because it's talking about this woman who seems to be kind of almost everybody's revolving this around her. It's almost like she's got like the magic blood is kind of what I was picking some of the lyrics from. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I feel like there's an aspect that that's going to be a spiritual successor, but I think that's where the succession kind of ends and this becomes its own entity yeah and like building a bridge between the two is not what i'm getting at I, that part mm-hmm. like i absolutely love whenever you're able to properly connect things like that mm-hmm. i love concept albums i've mentioned that in the past yeah. and i feel like having a concept album effectively being that both eps were five songs each mm-hmm. yeah put them together you have an album but the, the fact that they were written 10 years apart uh, or 11 years apart excuse me at this right. point like that just kind of is a, another testament to like the capability that they're able to do. And as I was watching this stream, it was every time they played a song, it was like, okay, well, that's going to be my new favorite. Well, that's going to be my new favorite. Oh, this <laughs> one's going to be my new favorite. And just, it kept coming and kept coming. And just every time it, nothing sounded the same, like they were all mm-hmm. their own unique song, but they flowed so well cohesively. Yeah. And that, and that makes sense. And, you know, I, I, I kind of, I, I guess that makes sense with the, with a little bit of clarification. I was kind of looking at like, you know, it, it's nice that with this one is there is the connection, but I like that they're not trying to do, like you said, an outnumbered part, you know, just an outnumbered part two or a survivor part two. Mm-hmm. Like the, the only sort of part two quote is Nora, but it's more of a spiritual successor. Mm-hmm. So and that what that's going to do is it's going to allow people to look at Z2 as, yes, a successor to the first zombie EP. But they're not going to look at it as, oh, it's just the zombie EP that they never put out. It's it's an actual, its own identity. It's going to be able to hold itself, again, by itself and be able to stand up on its own. Yeah. Um, kind of moving away from this, though, uh, one thing I last that I wanted to cover in this uh, cast here, um, we'll be going a little bit more in-depth into both Zombie EP and Z2, mm-hmm. as well as uh, touching on a little bit of something special towards the end there. Um the the stream itself so as we begin to move past covid life where we haven't had shows in over a year now and with uh, vaccinations on the rise uh, and cases continuing to dwindle um and as things begin to open up we're starting to see tour dates begin booked and stuff like that are streams like this going to continue is this going to be something that we see more of uh later on w- what are your thoughts on that matt I think it's going to be a yes and no. 
Um, the reason I say no is because bands are going to be pretty in high demand. I would say is people are going to, they want to go to shows. I want to go to shows. Gabe, I'm sure you want to go to shows as well. Oh yeah. (laughs) So like we, you know, there's going to be that aspect. So these bands are going to be on the road a lot, but I want to say that there's going to be an aspect to this being, uh, something in the future. And as you watch the uh, Undead stream, is there's a lot of elements, especially with how they did the intro, is it looked almost as if they were trying to give a sort of 80s horror movie vibe. It's the crackling of the screen and just a lot of the uh, the visuals. So I feel like with bands trying to, when they release a record, if they're trying to do uh, a certain concept, is they may try to do a live stream to promote and then it's going to go and just hit hit the road, and that's going to be – it's just going to kind of go back into the typical album cycle that we've been known really pre-COVID. Um, what's your kind of thoughts on it? So I, I think that live streams are here to stay. Um, I think that it's going to be something that it's less in demand for, but the, the bands that are capable of doing that I think are going to continue doing it to some degree. Um, obviously, the connection on a live stream is going to be different than a connection if you're in an audience. Uh, you you don't have just that same, uh, just same vicinity kind of connection. Right. But at the same time, in a live stream, a band is capable of doing a little bit more than what they would be able to do on a stage. I mean, they're at that point they're relying on their own camera people, they're relying on their own sound engineers, they're relying on their own uh, producers and mixers and so on. Whereas if they're out on tour, they're reliant on the the people that are hosting it so the the venues and stuff like that and unfortunately half those people don't know what they're doing right right <laughs> and and so i feel like it adds an element of hey we can make sure that nothing is going wrong mm-hmm. and we have control over how that how that uh, is and then they can also um, I, I feel like we could see it take it to a little bit more of a step whereas music videos were the thing of the 80s, 90s, and 2000s live streams could be what happens from from 2020s on mm-hmm. in in places of something like a music video. Right. Music okay. videos are obviously horribly expensive, um, depending on who you have do it. Yeah, and really to no avail anymore. But this saw a way of of bands being able to still provide some form of income to themselves in in this kind of time. And I feel like just immediately after an album release, they could do something like this to help kickstart whatever tour it is that they're going to do. And I feel like that might be a a good way to kind of see how live streams take their place in the music just scene in general. Right. And it, it could also, you know, especially kind of off that idea is it would allow, especially if a band decides to, do something similar to what the Devil Wars Prada is. And this is our the first dose or the first at least full dose of this EP is you can kind of start to see what songs start to stick off of the new release. So mm-hmm. how, how well is the single being taken? Is there a song that is being received really well that could be the next single? And then that may end up adjust, really taking a sort of, um, the allowing the live shows to start taking a different form because they're including this song that the band may have slept on, but everybody's losing their minds over, and it's just that that one sleeper track that they throw in, and it's just an absolute banger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a cheaper way of helping to determine um how people are going to be receptive to certain songs mm-hmm. and where they're going to be receptive to the songs because yeah. in the past your primary determination on 
on on building tours has been based off of CD sales. Yeah. And so now to a more limited degree, it's based off of streams. But as we all know, streams are basically worthless to a band unless you're getting millions of streams and it's not worth it at that point. Right, right. Um, and again, that's another discussion for a different uh, podcast entirely. But that being said, like this is an additional way to help make sure that, hey, well, we notice on this live stream that... 80 people from this particular state or this particular country tuned in, whereas in this one, 16,000 people. So we want to go to this particular location over right. this one because that's going to be what's more profitable for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, what we have today for uh, our, our first Sailor special. Um, go ahead and continue tuning in to us on Fridays when we release our... Uh, Typical reviews and uh, breakdowns of all the new releases coming out. We uh, like to do a track by track, definitely break down the music as well as lyrics. Um, And then uh, we've been starting to go over band lineups as well. And then always keep an eye out for that little hidden track we throw in. Um, I'll just do a quick little uh, shout out to the band lineup for the Devil Wars Prada before we wrap this up. Um, We have Mike Kranica, Jeremy DePoyster, Kyle Cypress, Mason Nagy, uh, Jonathan Gearing and Giuseppe Capulpo um, with the six gentlemen being in the band for the live stream. Um, again, keep an eye out for us on Fridays when we drop a, a normal reviews. And until the next time, we'll catch you later. See you later.